Welcome to the Virtual Chapter Podcast, the show that helps you become a world-class virtual CEO, run a profitable and scalable online business, and build a thriving virtual team. We're talking the systems, strategies, and leadership skills that will help you show up, sell out, and do it all with a mountain of ease. Each week, we'll be breaking down the operation side of online business in a way that feels fun and inspiring. We'll share tech tools and tips, systems to streamline and scale, secrets to hiring and leading your high-performing team, and interviews with leading business experts to show you what it really takes to build your business online. I'm your host, Nivek Harrison, CEO of The Virtual Chapter, an award-winning virtual support agency where we help leading coaches, consultants, and creatives build businesses bigger than themselves, create a global impact with a virtual team, and generate more cash than they ever knew possible. Are you ready to up-level your online business? Let's dive in. Today, I want to talk about the very loud elephant in the online space at the moment, and that is ChatGPT. I would be so surprised if you have not heard ChatGPT mentioned in online business circles since it sort of jumped into the online space in late 2022, earlier this year, and has grown very, very rapidly. And it absolutely has a place in online business should you choose to use it. So if you don't know what ChatGPT is, it's a mouthful every time I say it. (laughs) It is an AI chatbot built by OpenAI, um, an Elon Musk funded research organization. To give you an idea of the scale of this tool and the reach of this tool, it crossed a million users within a week of launching. By comparison, it took Facebook 10 months to achieve the same number. It's also recently received backing by Microsoft, cementing it as a platform to watch. In its most simple form, ChatGPT is a chatbot. Think Siri on your phone, but more advanced in many, many ways. It is designed to have human-like conversations, answer your questions, and also retain information For follow-up questions, it can generate code, it can even play games. It's incredibly smart. And when it comes to approaching this tool, I think that's the first thing I really want you to keep in mind is that treat it as a genius and you're going to get the most out of it. ChatGPT is also the software behind many other AI tools in the online space, particularly those that have cropped up recently targeting content creation. So things like Jasper.ai or even Canva's new Magic Write feature. These are all tools that are using ChatGPT to generate their outcomes and their content. If all of that feels a bit overwhelming, don't be alarmed. It is really easy to use and there are absolutely ways you can implement it into your business to save you time and amplify your creativity, particularly in the content creation space, which is what I'm going to talk about today. So I know for so many of us as business owners, content creation feels like a huge part of our business because it is. It is how we reach our audiences. It's how we connect and engage and educate and eventually sell. And for that reason, we often have a lot of weight attached to generating content. It can feel really, really hard. It can feel really overwhelming. It can feel like everything we want to say has already been said. It can just be a really time-consuming part of business, but a really essential one. 
And this is where I think there is so much magic in using a tool like ChatGPT to really amplify your content creation process. And it's exactly how I've been using it in my business for the last month now. So the first thing I do want to talk about is, is AI going to completely replace copywriters or content creators? And absolutely not. I do not think there is any way in its current form that we're going to see ChatGPT replace quality, personalized content. And the reason for that is essentially it's it's a machine learning tool. It has been fed a bunch of information. You can feed it more information and then it's going to spit out information for you to use. It cannot add a personal story unless you tell it a personal story. It cannot add a client transformation unless you input a client transformation. So there is still so much of you that needs to occur within the content creation process. And that's the content that's really powerful, right? That storytelling, personalized, unique content that has your brand voice, your tone, your important stories. That's where the magic in content is. So this is absolutely not going to replace it, but It is definitely going to make the process quicker and easier and a little bit more fun as well. So the talk of the town right now is the ability of ChatGPT to create content. Everything from social media content to blog posts or essays to podcast outlines, scripts for video content, so much more. So here are some of the things you can do with ChatGPT. You can ask it to simplify complex topics for you. You can generate or fix website code. It's not bad. (laughs) You can do content research and idea generation. You can ask for content outlines. It can edit your writing. It can rewrite your content in different ways. It can create headlines, summaries, or SEO tags. It can even generate hashtags for you to use on your posts. (laughs) It can also summarize long articles or books that it's already been fed. So, I know, again, all of that can feel really overwhelming. So I want to talk specifically to how I'm using the tool and how I'm using the tool with my clients to really aid in that content creation process and make us way more efficient. The first thing before I dive into all of that, though, I do want to talk about some of the known risks or pitfalls of using any sort of AI tool like ChatGPT. So the first thing is that right now they're very open about this. It is a free research preview. This means it can be buggy. It may be taken down at any point in time. They've already introduced a pro version that you can pay for. I don't think it's ever going to disappear completely, um, but there will be other AI tools similar in functionality if you want to use it. It just may not always be in the free form that we currently have access to right now. Because of this, it's taken because there's so much interest around it right now, it also struggles to keep up with demand and capacity. That's part of the reason they've introduced the pro version to essentially push paying subscribers onto a faster server. It just may be something to keep in mind that if you are using it and you're relying on it, it may delay your workflows or your processes if you need it to be live and it's down for any reason. It's currently also only been trained on information up until 2021, which means it is incredibly unreliable for current or recent events. Um, So this is something to think about when you're creating content. If you're wanting to reference recent events or maybe updates in research in your field, it doesn't have that information, but you can feed some information to it. So you could let it know these things have happened. Therefore, give me some information back. Like any AI it can be prone to misinformation 
and inaccurate or nonsensical answers that just don't make sense. So if you are if you are using it to create content from scratch, I would really encourage you to fact check anything, particularly around stats or data or really important information. Fact check it first before publishing it because you cannot rely on the accuracy of a tool like this. Similarly to the above, AI can inherit inherit biases the same way humans do. And it inherits its biases based on the information fed to it. There's a really interesting case study of Google's AI called Lambda. Um, I'll pop a link to it in the show notes around how quickly it can pick up biases based on what it's learning. So OpenAI have tried to put safeguards in place to prevent this. And this is one of the reasons that it's not up to date with current information. And it's also not necessarily learning as fast as a broad scope as we would like it to is because they're restricting the type of information it's saving and storing in itself so that it doesn't spit out it doesn't generate biases for itself the flip side of that is they've put some safeguards in place to prevent it for example you cannot ask chat gpt to create a joke about women but it will create one about men it can make jokes about certain races but not all Just something to be super mindful of whenever we're using AI, there are still biases at play that are going to impact the quality of the output that you get. A really big one in the online space that's another limitation is copyright and IP. So ChatGPT is learning by being fed content from all across the internet, different websites, different research papers, anything that they can feed it, they are essentially trying to feed it. Which means when you enter particularly niche prompts, the returns may come almost word for word from a competitor's website. So, for example, I fed it a prompt really early on asking it to tell me the difference between an OBM and a VA. I wanted to see, you know, what it could tell me. And as I was reading the response, I was like, I've read this before and I could find the exact website it was on. So this is something to keep in mind. Again, I think this is just a nuance in the way that we use it. And why I believe it's a really powerful tool, particularly in the idea generation phase and the refinement phase, but I wouldn't necessarily trust it to create a whole piece of content on its own. Um, So something to think about is plagiarism, copyright. There are tools to detect plagiarism in your content as well, if that's something that you ever felt you needed to check. Um, The pitfalls aren't intended to scare you away. It's just something to know they are the realities of using the platform. And I just want you to be super aware of it if you're building this platform into your business processes. All right, let's dive into how you can actually use it. So for me, like I said, I'm using it for content creation, particularly in the ideation phase. I think this is where it's so powerful because it's just a different way of looking at things, right? Almost as if you had another team member who you could bounce ideas off. Maybe this is something you do with your coach, but this is an on-demand service, right? 24-7, you can log in and ask it a prompt and get information back. The quality of the output you receive is directly related to the quality of the input you enter in. So what you need to do when you jump into ChatGPT, you can create a new chat each time or you can continue on from an old chat it retains the information within that chat. So this is where we want to set the scene a little bit. So we want to give it a prompt of who you are, who your business is and what you do, who your ideal audience is, what your niche is, the services you provide. Give it all of that information because it's going to help you get quality information out that's really relevant to your niche. From there, 
you can start asking questions. So I start always by entering, this is what I, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is my ideal audience. And then we can ask a question. And the, the magic here is in diving deeper and deeper and deeper each time. So I don't often ask it one question and I'm done. For the most part, I will enter a question and ask a follow-up and ask a follow-up and ask a follow-up. It can take a little bit of finessing to understand exactly the language that it likes to get you the prompts that you want. So, for example, I was playing with this with my coach the other day and she put in, we were talking about, you know, content around um, tech tutorials for for coaches and online service providers and she put in the prompt of like what are businesses searching for in relation to tech support and it returned what was a very linear answer in a sense like you can hire virtual tech support you can hire remote tech support you can hire in-person tech support you can get tech support over the phone or email or chat that wasn't quite the direction we want to go so it's going to take some finessing to get really used to asking great questions so that you get great outcomes so for me, what this looks like at the moment is giving it the the information, the background that I wanted to have, and then really playing in this ID generation stage. So I might ask it a prompt around, this is my ideal audience. This is what I like to talk about. This is what I teach on. Give me 10 podcast topics that relate to something really specific, that relate to email marketing for coaches. And it'll give you some topics. You might look at that list and go, oh my gosh, great. There's three ideas right there that I can see and turn into something and you're done. And that's incredible. And I think this is where the efficiencies really start to play out, where we could sit on idea generation for hours or days of like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about. Sometimes having that third party just throw us an an idea is like, oh, that's a great idea. Of course, I'm going to talk about that. So you can ask it to generate podcast topics, blog topics, social media content topics, all of those sorts of things. You can also pop in email content that you've written and ask it to give you a really great headline that encourages people to open the email. And again, this is the difference in the way that we phrase our questions of like, don't just ask for, give me a headline for this email, give me a subject line for this email. We want to give it that additional context of give me a subject line for this email that is going to encourage people to open it. You can be a little bit cheeky. You can be like, give me a clickbait style headline (laughs) and see what it comes up with just because it's going to help generate those, you know, those interesting, engaging headlines that we want in people's inboxes. I don't necessarily think you should be clickbaiting people, but (laughs) just to help get those ideas flowing. You can also use it to develop a script for a reel or a video, which I find hilarious. It doesn't really get trends, particularly because, you know, like I said, it's two years out of date in a lot of its information. Um, But it can give you a script of of a video that you would talk to. So you could feed it a prompt. You could feed it some content that you wanted to talk to and then ask it to script a 30 second video, a 30 second real style video was real around in 2021 it was real style video or tiktok style video so that and it'll give you a script that you can essentially again finesse and use to go from there you could ask it to create content for a full blog post now i don't recommend using it for this simply because i think so much of our 
our work and our magic is in our unique voice. I like to use it sort of as far as the outline and then write from there. I think that's super helpful. You can absolutely use it for a blog. Just I would encourage you to rewrite it if you're going to do that. Use it as a starting point, but still rewrite it. So it's in your voice, add your stories, add your anecdotes, add your tone, all of those sorts of things. Get an outline, get it to write the full article. (laughs) And again, where you are asking it to do these things. So maybe it gives you an outline and you're like, actually, I really want to include a fourth point about this specific thing. Tell it that, ask it to include that point because then it's learning, right? It's building that information that you need it to have. Create that outline, ask it to create a blog post. Again, be really specific. How many words do you want? Um, Ask it to add a call to action to your blog post. So often I've noticed when it writes, it writes in quite an analytical way. Um, The way we kind of expect a robot to write. There's not a lot of personality there. You can ask it to add personality. You can suggest certain tones of voice it might use um, and it can play with that as well. Again, these are all things that I just want to encourage you to play with until you find the way that it works best for you and your business. But then again, you might want to ask it to add a call to action and give them the specificity, give it the specificity of what that call to action is. You can ask it to create interesting headlines based on the outline. You can ask it to create tweets based on the outline. And again, the little changes in the way we ask questions is really important. So instead of just asking, write five tweets from this article, I would write something like, I would ask something like, write five attention-grabbing tweets from this article. You can ask it, like I said, to create email headlines, subject line, uh, the little preview lines as well, any of those sorts of things, you can absolutely play with it. And I think this is the magic, right, is that I'm very much approaching this from a tool that we can have fun with, that we can play with, that we can use to help us create more and better ideas. And I think this is where the magic is. is We might come to, you know, we might sit down to work and have this idea of like, how do I, I want, I want to tell people more about chat GPT, right? But we haven't necessarily fully thought it out. I asked when in preparation for this, (laughs) this episode, I asked chat GPT, how would you explain chat GPT? (laughs) What are some of the ways chat GPT can be used by small business owners? Like I'm asking it these questions almost the same way you would potentially Google something, but instead of having to go through all the articles, it's giving you a response. Again, it, it does require some nuance and some critical thought of, well, is this the right information? Is this accurate information? Is this the right way to present this information for my brand, but using it to do these steps in your content creation processes is absolutely going to save you time. Like without a doubt, going to save you time. It is saving me and my clients literally hours a week. Some of the other ways you can use it is to feed it data and ask for it to analyze or give you insights based on data, which I think is a really fun way to do it. So maybe you have stats around launch or stats around your email marketing or Facebook ads data. You can literally copy and paste it into ChatGPT and ask it again, ask it a really great question to analyze the data. So it might be here are my, you know, 10 most recent emails. What would you suggest are headlines I could use to increase my open rates? Or more broadly, what are some of the ways I can increase my open rates on these emails? What are some of the ways that I can improve my Facebook ads conversion rates based on the data it has? So again, giving it that input is really going to impact the quality of the output that you receive from using it. The best way to learn more about ChatGPT and its functionality and its place in your business is to have a play with it. 
It's free. It's out there for you to log into, create an account and just start playing with and see what you get. It might not be a tool that you ever want to use in your business. It just might not serve you in your content creation or other business processes. I know for me, I really hate staring at a blank page. So to get some thought starters going to get some ideas going is really helpful for me. Even if I don't use the exact idea it's given me, it's going to spark something. And I think this is where it's so powerful because so often I I speak to business owners, I hear from business owners who are like, oh, well, you know, when I need an idea for content, I just scroll on Instagram. I jump on Instagram just to see what people are talking about. And then they end up down this rabbit hole of Instagram and that doom scrolling and we're losing time. This tool is not going to create distractions for you (laughs) unless you let it. Um, So it's really easy to be like, okay, this is what I want to talk about today. Let's play with this idea. And again, like I mentioned earlier, treating it like a genius because it is right. It knows more than you and I will ever possibly know. Treat it like a genius. Ask it questions that you would ask the smartest person in the room and you're going to get really great results from it. If you're interested in learning more, they do have a blog on their website, there, uh, which is you know reasonably updated just with ideas. There are lots of people talking about it at the moment, um, but I do recommend just jumping in, having a play, seeing what you can learn and figuring out where it fits in your process. Maybe it's right at the start at idea generation. Maybe it's right at the end of you know finessing, rewriting. Maybe it is supporting you with grammar and corrections. Maybe it's just helping you turn your content into you know great headlines. Um, You could ask it to turn a piece of content into a carousel post for Instagram. Essentially, the world is your oyster here. (laughs) It just requires you to have a play with it. But it doesn't need to be something that's overwhelming. It also doesn't need to be something that you have to be using. I never want anyone to feel like you have to be using the latest tool and technology. I think you can absolutely choose what serves you in your business and what doesn't. But particularly for content creation, content generation, this is the most powerful tool I've seen in the online space in the last eight years that I've been doing this work. If you have any questions, I would so love to chat more chat GPT with you. So come on over to Instagram, send me a DM at the virtual chapter with any questions you have around chat GPT or tell me how you're using it. I know that some of you have some really fun ways that you're using it already and I will see you again next week. Bye.